Infinity Wars. Episode 0042. John Wick versus Taken. If I cough, sorry. <laughs> we'll grab you some kibble later. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 0042 of the Movie Wars podcast. <laughs> Now's no time for dick measuring, Stuart. This is Kyle. I will look for you, I will find you, and I will podcast you. <laughs> I'm Drew. My podcast made me paranoid. No. My podcast made me aware. I'm Phil. <laughs> <laughs> I love that quote because it's him defending why he's concerned for his daughter to his bitch of a liar wife. Dude, his wife. Fuck Lenore, Lenore's all right? the worst. Dude, his wife is all up his ass in that movie. It's like nothing could possibly happen to a little American girl overseas. <laughs> nothing ever happens to people. And he's like, no, shit does. She's like, you're doing it again. Dude, what a, what a f- <laughs> No, shit does. And credit, credit to Neeson because that scene broke my heart because Remember how genuinely excited he was? He told his friends, I'm having I'm having lunch with my daughter alone. Yeah, and they were lunch like, with yeah, my daughter. they were cheering, and he had a smile, and then she walks through the door. Didn't your heart just break a little when she was there? Oh, like, a lot. God, just give the man some time He's with his kid. He's a former Secret Service agent. Yeah. He's a hero. And he yeah. did the sweetest thing for his daughter, albeit weird timing right before she goes on stage. By the way, I know you're thinking to go do your thing, but... Uh. <laughs> I mean, that's just, you know, when, when civilians approach famous people, they their judgment goes out the window. Taking what sucks. But we'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't have to tell you guys how excited I am. Uh, Keanu Lifer is back and uh, back in a big way. Uh, when we picked this matchup, John Wick versus Taken, I actually saw John Wick 4 finally. It actually went way up on my top. I think it's number 20 now on my top 50. Hell yeah. Uh, John Wick 4 was a masterpiece. You know, here's the thing. Drew is a giant MCU guy. What MCU is to Drew, John Wick is to me. I, as everyone knows on this <laughs> There's podcast. There's like 30 MCU movies and like four. It's perfect for me. John yeah. Wick. Because believe me. 10 MCU movies, John Wick. Well, think about my favorite <laughs> franchises. I, I don't have a lot of b- big franchises because most of my franchises get ruined. Like if they would have do- <laughs> if they would have done what they did to the to the MCU to RoboCop, Alien, like, RoboCop, yeah, like Predator. Like what happened to my franchises? They always let some hat come in with no reputation, no experience with the material. Like with Total Recall when they remade it, how can you go from Vorhoven to whatever they did? You know what I mean with RoboCop? Yeah, like know. they went from Vorhoven to. But they did. Yeah, and they just they just basically pe- let people hack my favorites to death. Yes, we got T2, which is great. T3 is okay, but after that, it's like, dear God. That you're describing literally every sci-fi action-adventure fantasy, any pop culture trilogy, fantasy, whatever, saga until Kevin Feige. Yeah. Because this is just what studios do. It is kind of a new concept, I guess. Yeah, they did it to Star Wars. They mm-hmm. did it to everything. I guess of my franchises, Alien probably had the most consistency. Alien was pretty good all the way through. Yeah, I loved Resurrection. I liked 3. I, there's some good ones. John Wick 4. That's not what this podcast John Wick is about. 4. I know. So yeah, I, I love it. So yeah, this is my franchise. I love it. Um, and then when it comes to Taken, you know, I, uh, you know, we well, can say what you want about Taken, but when I first watched it, I wasn't a dad. And so it didn't really resonate. But as a dad, and I texted you guys instantly, we all agreed. It's like watching this as a dad of girls is different. And is. is there any better fantasy out there than some guy using his amazing badass, so his skills of killing and assassinating people and torturing and brutally killing sex traffickers and men that have Abuse women. Is there I mean, anything absolutely. better than that? No, it's no. really, it's really rewarding. You, I feel like you can really get behind them. You know? Yeah, yeah. I made the mistake yeah. of watching that movie while I was working out. Mm-hmm. So I'm like fucking lifting weights, watching this dude fuck up these bad guys who were messing with his daughter. Yeah. I was just like sitting there, like getting the fuck 
fucking pump on being like, fuck that guy yeah. up. Yeah, man. I feel like that that is one of the big issues I have with a lot of movies is I just don't care. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you can't really get behind like the prote- protagonist point or even the, the antagonist. It's tough to like really give a shit about what's happening. Yeah. But then when you see it so like perfectly laid out and you're like, it's such a compelling reason to get behind a character, like, yeah. you know, abusing women and children and mm-hmm. destroying lives and creating victim. Like that's like, okay, this I can get behind. Go fuck them up. Yeah. We can just go ahead and say it. There is a corner of hell somewhere where these type of people are being roasted like fucking marshmallows on a stick. Yeah. And if you're a fan of this podcast and you happen to traffic humans, feel free to stop listening because I will find into, you and I will piss on your corpse. Go jump into <laughs> a, go jump into a volcano, open your mouth wide open and let the lava just go down your esophagus and enjoy living in melted captivity. Well said, guys. So anyway, <laughs> I had to get that out there. I, it is actually, so we don't usually get too socially aware on this podcast. It happens to be something I'm passionate about. That's I a, something we can all get on board with. Yeah, and agree yeah. If you can't get on board with, then that should tell you all you need to know about uh-huh. yourself, you fucking piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> but we have the return of the Keanu Lifer here, and I love this because John Wick proved something we said a long time ago. You know, Keanu Reeves was this guy where when we, we covered Point Break, we covered the Matrix, we and we had this conversation about this guy's been relevant in so many decades. Yeah, and he's he's forty nine and a half filming John Wick. He's uh, fifty nine now when he filmed John Wick Four. Wow, man, dude. this guy. He just keeps coming Good back. Good for him. He's so amazing. 59 and a half? He's 59 and a half in John Wick 4. I love it. And what they did with John Wick to me is they recaptured the heart of action that we love. We've covered so many. Agreed. Die Hard, Commando. So agree. And it feels like after, you know, Stallone is still doing stuff, but he's older. Arnold is, is basically retired. Our heroes that we've talked about on this podcast have basically all but Keanu have basically retired. I mean, but John Wick capped, recaptured the heart. It's modern. Like, it's modern storytelling, storytelling, New York. Work looks great. It does. Uh, but it captures the simplicity. You know, and one of the critiques you'll hear about John Wick is the plot is a little thin. But I was telling Phil before this, the reason this I like this because it's, you know, one thing about MCU is, and this isn't a knock against it, but it's got a lot of source material. It's infinite. This has no source material. A lot of people assumed it was a comic book because it's filmed like a graphic novel on yeah. purpose. That was Tahelski's mission to make it look like a graphic novel in motion. Mm. But there is no book. There is no comic book. This is from an, the imagination of a screenwriter. And it's fantastic. And it is thin and it's simple, but with each installment of the series, they unfold this Hitman universe a little more, this underground. Yes. And you can't help but go with it. I remember I fought it a little bit initially when I first wanted these gold coins and I'm like, he's going to the hotel and Lance Riddick is there. And I'm just like, I'm just kind of like, he did die. He did. Rest in peace. Lance. He did. Uh, Lance Riddick. He died after like days after we decided to cover these Mm -hmm. two movies. Yeah. Right after John Wick 4 came out. Man. He, he was amazing in The Wire. He was a huge gamer. He was in Event Horizon and in Destiny, I think. Wow. And I guess the night before he died, I guess he knew it was the end. And his character, people knew his character that gamed with him online, like I guess the gaming yeah. community. He made a sigil for his character uh, online the night before he died. No mm-hmm. way. Yeah, online. But he was a huge gamer. But man, he in The Wire, he like he like became one of my favorites on The mm. Wire. He was so good. He was just a, like an insanely iconic voice. He, he's a, like a very unique look. Like he he was just always a really enjoyable actor to watch. Yeah. He was also in a show called Fringe. Yeah. He was easily the highlight of that show. And the anchor of that entire situation. Because that show, like mm-hmm. so many network shows, was was not amazing. It was fine, but yeah. he was incredible in it. Very cool actor. Very yep. cool name. Lance Riddick. Yes. 
Uh, rest in peace. I, I truly was heart like. Oh, I yeah. usually don't care with celebrities, but I mean, obviously, something happened to Keanu. How did he die? By the way, he had he he wasn't old. Only no, 60. he was like sixty. Sixty. I have to look it up. I don't want to say anything wrong. But yeah, oh, poor guy. It's really sad. I hate it. You know, so we're recapturing this this modern action that makes us feel like Arnold. That makes us feel like Point Break a little bit. Um, and then Chad Stahelski's Rise is another big thing with mm -hmm. John Wick, and he he partnered with another director on this, but that was because of the the actors guild and the directors guild because if they contributed all they have to have every name listed but yeah. Chad Stahelski is the mind behind the series and what a lot of people don't know is he was Keanu's stuntman on the Matrix so he on Matrix 1 he was his stuntman he actually broke his leg rando and, yeah rando yeah, that's, that's he intense. broke his leg filming the train scene or the subway scene for Keanu in the Matrix um and so many of the the supporting cast are actually some of the best stuntmen in the industry cuz he's friends with all of them oh you could tell i mean those oh, guys yeah. those guys all knew how to do everything agent johnson one of the agents from Matrix Reloaded was the bearded, the tall, skinny, bearded Russian mob guy in the club scene no at the way. Red Circle. Yeah, that was Agent Johnson from The Matrix. Chad Stahelski was Brandon Lee, Bruce Lee's son. He mm -hmm. was Brandon Lee's stunt double on the set of The Crow. Wow. I mean, that is how legendary he is. He's a jujitsu guy. And I, I, to me, it's like, and we interviewed uh, Mel Gibson's stuntman, Mick Rogers, the guy that invented the... the he was Mel Gibson's stuntman? Yeah. No way. But his biggest thing was he invented the Fast and Furious thing that allowed them to drive faster. The stuntman, when I talked to him, I just like, this guy understood how movies work. Like, mm -hmm. I always kind of thought stuntmen were like, they had their lane, they did their thing, but Chad Stahelski obviously has, like, observed and learned and mastered the art of filmmaking because I, I really mm -hmm. have very few quips. There's a few, but as an action fan, like, this is a 10 out of 10 for yeah. me. So, uh, kudos to him, and I, last thing I'll say is you two to blame for what happened to Kim <laughs> and Taken. I blame you two fully for this whole thing. Yeah, they're following them across <laughs> Not Europe. Not you as well. <laughs> yeah. You two the band. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whenever I found out that that's why they went to Europe, Come on, kiss my ass. I will be at museums 90% of the time, Dad. That's, yeah. that's just the surface of well, like some of the problems I have with this movie. Here's we'll, the thing. We'll get, we'll get Bad to if you're writing. going to a U2 concert, you basically are going to, me, to a museum. So there you go. And we got to give a shout out to Johnny. And Johnny wanted me to tell you both something. So Johnny is a guy that's interacted with me a little on Instagram. He's a big fan. Um, he always comments on the episodes. a great Johnny. dude. Johnny, Johnny Wick? Johnny Wick. Maybe it is Johnny Wick. He has a cowboy hat in the picture, but maybe that's hiding oh, a long shit. mane of hair. Johnny, Keanu, are you? Is that you? If you are, you know how I feel about you. But Johnny, I put out a feeler because I really wanted to cover John Wick. I knew John Wick was four was coming out. I was like, we got to do this. And he said, do take it. It's like, that is killer. I texted you too. You agreed. So Johnny, thank you for that. And yeah, he, great recommendation. Yeah. And he wanted me to tell you guys that he is John. his name is Johnny and he's also an Arnold lifer. That was nice. his message to you too. So thank Good you stuff. so much. 86% of the fans preferred Wick here. I think we had something like 30 votes uh, and 14% taken. So obviously Wick was the slide here. 86% would be correct. Yeah. So. So that's the that's the fan love here. A few comments on why people chose what they chose. Uh, Joey said, "Killing a dog in a movie is unacceptable, even if it's integral to the plot." So that's why he took Taken. Um, Ooh, okay. Although I agree, it's hard to watch. I'm a dog lover. I I still would love to know how you feel about the 76 people that were slain after the I dog. Disagree. That was used for the audience to further hate the antagonist. And this was a special dog. And to get behind the protagonist. This was his gift. To, now from Keanu his, is like out here kicking puppies. <laughs> and sure, that's a problem. Yeah. yeah. And then he gets a dog at the end. He does. Uh, some reasons why people went John Wick. Caleb says, John Wick is brutal in the most satisfying way ever. Kills deliver. I pick Wick. Uh -huh, that, that's I agree. a good, I like that. I pick Wick. Uh -huh. Very well written. Uh, I like this. I like reading the fan stuff. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to get people more involved because I, uh, I we suck at that. And lately, we've just been getting, because of the TikTok, we've been getting a ton of love lately. It's just been good. Fuck yeah, dude. It's been really love good. us more. We love you. We, mm -hmm. lo we love you long, Tim. I'll put it that way. <laughs> just a few more comments <laughs> here. Uh, Menord, who's also in our 
our private Facebook group. So if you're not part of the private Facebook group and you want to talk to other fans, join. Fuck yeah, bro. Taken was a one-hit wonder. Wick has a great mythology and better action. Made Keanu a star again. Love that I comment. like it. I like these perspectives. Yeah. And last <laughs> last one here. Um, this one's from Chase. Chase, this is awesome. Uh, John Wick tore up a cartel over a dog. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> mafia, Russian mafia, whatever, but you're right. The dog set off the whole thing. So thank you, fans. Keep them coming. Love the comments. Uh, and speaking of fans, last week was a big week for us. Um, we spent the majority of the week hovering around. We got to the number 37 movie podcast in the country. We got to number one in Belgium. We were number one in Belgium. I didn't Hell know. Hell yeah. Uh, I don't know. We got to do a Belgium tour. got to do yeah. a Belgium tour. And we we stayed in the top 30 and 40 for a week. And today we're still in the top 100. We were, uh, this morning, we were like in the 60s and now we're at 97. So oh, just we, Falling we've like been, a fucking this, stone there. This is the longest. Well, that's how it is. Like the, literally the first time we got in the top 20, like we were in 20 and then the next day we were number 180. It's just like, you just don't know. But anyway, you guys are really supporting. It felt really good to spend. That's the most time we spent and not only the top 100, but top 50 felt really good. So we're making headway. So thank you to the fans. Randos? Randopes. Should Let's we do randos? Yeah. Do we want to talk about first impressions or? Oh nope. yeah, sorry. Thank you. I'm, I'm really Does out of anyone, source today. Do, do people like that? Our impressions? Well, maybe not yeah. first impressions, but just like preliminary thoughts. Yeah, no, they do. They yeah. do. Prothodinaries. Because yeah. then if without that, neither of us really say anything yeah. until the end. And then I we knew- all just agree with Kyle. Like, yeah, you're totally right. <laughs> We're oh, just like yeah, Kyle's hype man, which is fine if we want to do that. I apologize. I'm experimenting with new things here and I'm, I'm kind of fucking it up. It's all, all good. All right, impressions. Were you, impressions. Were you ta- oh, now? Were you taken back with... Was your wick taken back yeah. by John? Yeah. Were you taken back Sunday? No, I just took, I ate a piece of ice right as you passed it to me. Don't choke on that ice, Drew. Get that! freaking ice down your esophagus. <laughs> Taken. So I had two completely different experiences. Like, complete opposite. From the first time I watched it to the second time I watched it. The first time I watched it was when it came out, right? I thought it was a really good movie. Great action movie. I didn't know who this Liam Neeson guy really was, except he was in Star Wars. Turns out he can do action and, you know, whatever. I was into it. Had a good time. Was not emotionally moved in any way. The second time, which was like a week ago, I did not think it was a very good movie. I'll be honest. Loved the premise. I thought it was a really compelling plot, but I didn't think it was executed very well for reasons that we'll we'll probably get into. However, this is the first time I've seen this movie since having a daughter, which I know the two of you can relate to. Mm -hmm. You got daughters in here. And by the end of it, when he rescued her, I was sobbing. Like, I was so pulling for that character. For Like we already talked about, it was such a compelling reason to root for a character, you know, just like there's no one easier to hate than someone you know, like a a human trafficker. That's just the most repulsive of horrifying thing you can be in, on the planet. In the midst of feeling like it wasn't very good, <laughs> I was still very moved and still very invested. So that was a, it was cool to have a complete 180 experience. John Wick is everything that ex- just like exemplifies fantastic action. You've got, it's stylish, it's visceral. I'll actually say the puppy thing grounded it in a way for me. It mm-hmm. sort of like, it made it relatable because a lot of these action movies kind of are like sort of like out there and it's just this like world that you don't really relate to but like having a woman that he was in love with who gave him a dog before she died like that kind of brought it it rooted it in reality and made it really like I don't know just some like gave the audience that emotional connection so I really like that but yeah it's stylish exciting like the the it's all the gun foo was almost like a choreography like just really really fun and interesting and everything that like a stereotypical dude wants in like an action flick so that's what John Wick was for me and it what the plot to your point Kyle the plot was was a little bit thin, which I think gets flushed out further 
in the, the later movies because I actually love the world that it kind of escorts you into. And it, you, it kind of breaks the surface a little bit in the first movie. But if you watch the rest of them, you kind of get in like more enmeshed in that whole culture and it's really cool. So, the open table or the yeah. high table. and Open table. You make but, those uh, reservations. Yeah, this is a really good matchup. I'm, I'm glad we did that and I'm glad we're talking about them. And that, that was beautifully said. And one thing you were saying, one thing that, that hit me about the plot was it wasn't just that his wife died, but this was the woman that was worth him getting out of the life, the only life he knew. Because you yeah. learn in later installments, spoiler alert if you haven't seen all the John Wicks, you learn later he was born, he was an orphan. He was a Russian orphan. He was taken in by the Russian mob and he grew up in the Russian mob. And so she pulled him from the only thing he knew, which mm. is this violence, this lifestyle. And so not only did he love her, but he loved her enough to, and he talks about what he did to get out in this movie. I mean, right. remember the impossible task, but he piled up the bodies just to get out. So a big hole in his heart. And that's a great through line for this matchup because they're both coming from a former career that kind of inform what they're doing in this movie. And they both have a family member, you know, in one case it was a, a spouse that passed away and another it was the, the daughter, but they're both for whatever reason, like that that's driving them to use their former life to, to find some resolve in, in a current situation. That's kind of the thread that I was like, I never would have saw that, but it really was a, a good connective tissue. I know. I don't know how I forgot. That was the first line on my production sheet to say in the intro, but yeah, the theme of these movies is two people avenging something that was taken from them with their special skill sets. Beautifully said. Filskis. I had seen Taken. It had been, it's been a pretty long time since I've seen that movie. It was probably around the time it came out. And once again, similar to Drew, I I didn't really have any emotional reaction to Taken the first time around. Even though just the, the concept of human trafficking is very disturbing overall because, you know, for those of you who don't know, it, it happens at sporting events around the country. The Super Bowl is one of the biggest places Walmart. where where people where where women get abducted and and sold into essentially slavery you know it's it's, it's a lot more rampant than uh, people give it credit for and and we don't hear a lot about it so it's it was kind of nice even though the movie like had a lot of issues uh, as a film is concerned it, it's nice to have a film out there that kind of highlights that underbelly of humanity and 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 brings some light to it and even if it's kind of a, in a little bit of like violence porn it it, it brings some attention to it so it's pretty hard not to get pretty pissed off watching that movie, especially as a father, you know, knowing that if somebody did that to your kid, you would you would turn the the world over trying to hopefully at least trying to get them back. And there's pretty much nothing that could get in your way. So that was like, stop I enjoyed that part of that movie quite a bit. And because of that, it, it just kind of covered a multitude of sins, like the the subject matter and the way they handled it. Uh, Liam Neeson's performance. And, and it was one of those movies that was really good in spite of itself. It wasn't like a great well film. Said. It's not going to go yeah. down in like, yeah, the pantheon of great filmmaking. But um, it was just great in spite of the fact that it wasn't, which is an odd concept. It kind of forced you to check a lot of of disbelief at the door and and just roll with it. And it was, and if you can do that, it's a really, really enjoyable, if not infuriating film. Uh, John Wick, believe it or not, had never seen it before. Watched it for this podcast for the first time. And man, that instantly, you know, to tag on to some Kyle-ness here, it catapulted its way into my top 50. Mm. Um, <laughs> Phil is developing a top 50. I, I have a top 50 now because of 
of Kyle's influence over the last two years. But man, John Wick, it's so hard to explain. It felt like an old school, like noir kind of movie in a way. Like, yeah, that's a stylish yeah, music like, video thing. I loved how much stuff they left to the imagination in it and just kind of left to the wind. Like mm -hmm. they would say, like the gold coin thing, they never really explained that. And like the uh, at the very, very, very end of the movie, you find out what the hotel's all about. Mm -hmm. Kind of. And then you kind of get a hint that there's this Assassin's Guild thing. And you kind of get a hint that like maybe John Wick was part of this Russian situation. But like, the, I love how they go against the Saturday Night Live grain and don't explain anything. You know? Like, it's it's just all... They, they give a lot of credit to the audience. The gunplay and the action is some of the best out there, period. Easily one of the best action movies I've ever seen. It just kind of like embraces this old school feel, feel of mystery and a simple plot surrounded by incredible cinematography, incredible choreography, and just amazing action. And I didn't mind how simple the plot was. Like, to me, that left all the room for what that movie was. I can't really say much more. I've already poured my heart out, but like I said, this captures the heart. Everyone that listens knows Die Hard Keanu fan, Die Hard he, action fan. Keanu was not in Die Hard. Just so Oh, yeah, that's right. In case forgot. you're wondering. Yeah, that yeah. Was Brucey. Maybe Kyle has dementia. Maybe I have. Maybe I <laughs> yeah. have dementia and a cough. <laughs> <laughs> Every time Kyle coughs, he forgets why. Forgets why what? That <laughs> <laughs> got me. Here's the thing. When you find out that the director, uh, Chad Stahelski, was a lifelong stuntman, and you just look at some of the elegance, here's the thing. I, I was thinking about Raw Deal during this because I was like, how is this different than other action movies I like? Well, here, here's what Raw I'll say. Deal. Yeah. Well, think about it. Raw Deal is basic action. Like, if you went to chat GPT and said, write a script for an action movie, it would, it would shit out raw deal, right? But John Wick... That's really good. That's, a, that's amazing. I love that you just said that. Right? Ladies that's and gentlemen, exactly raw, deal. raw deal. <laughs> it would totally shit out raw deal. It's the most basic algorithmic fucking action movie ever. Raw deal. But yeah. Kind of is. Even that title feels like something a computer just Raw came up. deal. It was like they picked the title first and they're like, all right, what are we going to make the movie about? All right, some guy gets a, a raw deal about something. Tell me. He should probably me, have big muscles, right? Give me a title <laughs> a for a movie about a guy who gets a cake thrown at him that goes and murders people in the 80s. <laughs> Chat GPT says raw deal. raw deal. But the reason I point that movie out, this is not a basic action movie. There were stylistic choices. Like, I always think about in the red circle in the bathhouse when he's going after uh, Vigo's son and that Icelandic song that's playing. Did you guys pick up on that? That song was an Icelandic. It was that beautiful kind of like electronic song. It was real simple. And he's like shooting and kind of dancing to the rhythm of the song and yeah. it's and he's wreaking havoc and doing all this violence but it's, it's like a bloody dance yes and I'm like that was a choice and it was made by a guy that was a lifelong stunt man I'm like there's something beautiful and I love this love I love the repartnering of Chad Stahelski and, and uh, Keanu Reeves that was fantastic to me anyway, Chad. Chad it was just, just Chad. Chad it was just Chad GTP just, just Chad, Chad. <laughs> sorry <laughs> I love I, I was hoping secretly that you would come back with Cans. Cans. but uh, take and a lot like what you both said. I, the first time I saw it didn't resonate. Uh, the second time I saw it as a dad, I was like, kill every one of them. I was like, you take every one of the sex traffickers oh, yeah. and you make them feel the full extent of every ounce of pain that's available. Amen. And for that reason, their it, was, off. it was good enough for me. <laughs> Liam Neeson's a funny action star. I mean, he this reinvented his career. He was mostly a dramatic actor. Um, you know, his life changed dramatically when his first wife passed away and then he like comes here. I don't know the full story. I'm not going to pretend to be the biggest... I'm, I'm not as big of a fan as Liam. Not a Liam Neeson lifer? Yeah, I'm not a Liam lifer. I'm a Keanu 
new life for here. But this really did reinvent. He had never done a lot of action. And he comes in here and he, you know, and with each taken installment, he made 10 million in the second one, made 20 million in the third one. I mean, he obviously made an impact <laughs> with these movies. Also, can we point out, Taken is yet another movie where a Liam Neeson Padawan goes... Uh, <laughs> kind of off on their own. It's true. Like, Liam Neeson sucks at raising up younger generations. Yeah, he does. His daughter goes and gets abducted. Anakin goes off and gets abducted. Obi-Wan kind of sucks at teaching people. What was the other one? Oh, uh, Batman. Oh, Batman. Yeah, begins. Batman. He he sucked at bringing Batman under his wing. Like, he's Liam Neeson yeah. just has he's a... He's a bad mentor. Yeah, he's not a good mentor. Bad mentor. As much as the, the tone of Taken is very serious, I couldn't help but laugh at the way Liam Neeson talks in the movie. He's just so... And I, I have some stuff about this later. We have I a have category about... a special about, set of skills. Oh. It's almost like the movie trailer guy. He's, mm -hmm. Everything is very I little... I will you. find you. I will kill you. My favorite quote, one I texted you ESPN. guys. <laughs> what does he say? This. If you would stop obsessing over your damn desk. Your desk job. You're just like so on the nose. Yeah. It's like, you could have What was his deal with the guy, the new desk job? Of yeah. the, like he could well, not he tells get over him, that. He says the reason he wasn't pursuing his daughter in France is because he works at a desk for a guy that has a bigger desk. He says that. I get that, but they harped on that. Like three different scenes. Like, we get it. Your former buddy that used to work with has a new job yeah. that's less stressful. Relax. Yeah. But boy, does Liam take it to the French. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I, you know, Taken wasn't great, but I, I super enjoyed it. Again, the idea of crushing sex traffickers and, and women abusers was good enough for me. Before we rando, just a quick pitch. If you want to support this podcast, go over to Patreon. Seven bucks a month, a cheap price of a very shitty latte. Come over, hang out with us, get extra content. We are going to be doing our top 50 list. Yes, we together. are. We're going to do very short excerpts. This most demanded thing from our fan base. They want the list. And now Phil is making a list. Now I have a list. You have I, a I'm list. I'm pretty sure it has 50 it. things on it. I gotta move them you around. You gotta order it, but we're gonna start. We're gonna do little five-minute vignettes. Guys, I've started my top three. Yeah. Gonna join us. He's got one! Drew's gonna join us! I'm holding up my iPhone with the notes app open and it says top 50 and there's one movie it says John Wick. <laughs> Hell <laughs> yeah! So it's a start! <laughs> Hell yeah! I bet you and Endgame's remember, number one. And, and fans, even though you... It'll this, definitely be on there. This will be in one ear out the other because you motherfuckers don't listen. Our top 50 is not, I repeat, is not what we think are the 50 best movies ever made. They are 50 movies that, that we mean like something to us that like, if those movies were to come on, we are in, we're watching them, doesn't matter when, where, how. Like, those movies are just, the, in our in in our lives, they matter. These are 50 of the easiest shortcuts to joy yeah, available so to I, us today. I can't wait to see all of your comments completely mm -hmm. ignoring that and yep. saying that like, some movie that I acknowledge sucks is on my top 50 Amen. and you guys shit all over me because it sucks and I'll be like I know but you don't listen so fuck you. So if you're one of the people that has been pinging me hitting me up saying hey give me that top 50 list it's coming baby so get on Patreon the price of a shitty Dunkin Donut latte a month and you can come hang out Randos John Wick <laughs> John Wick was originally titled Scorn that was the original screenplay that was written back in 2012 Derek Kolstad the screenwriter this I was I was actually wondering if it was going to be called The Boogeyman. Yeah, and that's one thing you hear. That's one other criticism here is like, there's probably some better names out there than the John Wick thing, but... There was already a, a horror movie starring Ashton Kutcher, I think, Baba The Boogeyman. Yeah, Baba there's probably Yeager. some Boogeyman titles out there. But funny enough, this, this rando also affirms our decision. He wanted to write a film like Taken and Man on Fire, 
which was the inspiration for his idea to write this revenge piece. Um, but the reason that they ended up calling it John Wick, this is such a Keanu Reeves fact. He just Keanu just kept calling it John Wick. He just kept calling the movie. And at, at a certain point, it's like, we can't really argue. We just, we're just going to call it John Wick because Keanu thinks it's called John Wick. <laughs> and it worked. Worked out pretty good. And everything you hear about it, you know, bullshit, celebrities suck. We love movies, but fuck celebrities. But everything you hear about Keanu is that he is one of the most genuine, best humans. In fact, I don't know if you guys seen pictures he takes with fans. He doesn't touch female fans. There's all these pictures of him with his arm around them. He's there. It's cuffed, so he's not touching them. Interesting. And there's a whole collage you can find online. He doesn't touch when he. He'll take pictures with anybody, but he won't touch female fans. Is he married? Like, is that a thing with his wife? Or what? well, he What's had it? a girlfriend that died in an accident, and actually, it hurt him. Well, that's crazy. Liam Wait, really? Yeah, Liam Neeson's wife died, and Keanu Reeves' girlfriend. Yeah, it really fucked him for a while. He was. People would say they'd see him in public, and he hadn't bathed in months. Like he was. He like I think he really blamed himself. He wasn't with her or anything, but she died in a car accident or something. I can't remember what happened, but yeah, she. I think she died in a car accident. Mm -hmm. Well, that then no wonder this movie he was drawn to this script. Yeah, love Keanu, man. I don't know if you guys know that. <laughs> Original, would you say that you're a lifer? I would call myself a lifer of of Keanu. It's good to know. Not of Liam. Keanu. <laughs> they were just Keanu. <laughs> I love you guys. Originally, John Wick was 75 years old in the script. What? Yeah. They wanted to be an older guy that was way that out of That kind of would have been awesome. It kind of would have been. And so they were entertaining older actors, although I think Chad, because of his relationship with Keanu, always had him in mind. So Keanu's interpretation, he's like, I'm going to play him like a 35-year-old, even though I'm going into 50 right yeah. now. Uh, and I like that. I like that he's a little aged. We know he's old as an actor, but he's still doing these amazing moves. The amount of dedication, if you haven't seen it, Go on YouTube and research Keanu Reeves' Terran Tactical. Terran Tactical is where celebrities go to train for movies. Not everybody uses live ammunition, but everything that you are seeing on screen, Keanu practices with live ammunition at Terran Tactical. So all this was memorized at Terran Tactical with live ammunition. He's an amazing marksman. He he takes this shit no very seriously. Yeah. And you're a gun guy. You would love it, dude. He is incredible. His yeah. accuracy, dude. I've he, seen his training videos before. Like, he, he does. He takes it very seriously. Dude, he... He is nailing targets in the center while doing these moves. So yeah. all this choreography and shit was worked out well in advance. He was getting trained by jujitsu guys. Uh, he was doing Navy SEAL shit. Like he take, I love, that's why I love Keanu, man. Did I tell you guys I love him? Would you call yourself a lifer? <laughs> Bridget Moynihan, who plays uh, Helen Wick, his Used wife. Used to be married to... Tom Brady. There we go. That's who that is. Yep. She She's the mother of his first kid. The one that he's doing his revenge tour on Instagram, showing how great of a dad he is lately. <laughs> Is like, look no. at my kids, they exist. Oh, well, the I think I think the revenge tour is against Giselle. Giselle, yeah. Yeah. Old Jizzy. Yeah, he's just <laughs> such a great dad. But she didn't read, she only read the very first part of the script. She actually read Oh, that got me. She she read nothing. <laughs> oh my god. Getting jizzy with it. <laughs> getting jizzy with it. But she Bridget read nothing after her initial scene. So she actually, when she went into filming, she didn't want to know about John Wick's past life because she wanted her character to kind of exude this this person that loved him for who he was didn't know it was about his assassin career so she actually went in blind yeah. and she wanted to really now whether or not that worked I don't know but I think it's a pretty cool little acting technique that she chose to purposely shut that out so she could so she could actually uh, you know love him for who he is hey man ain't that nice mm-hmm 
Back to the dog thing with Daisy. Lionsgate executives were very apprehensive about that being the plot point, and Chad Stahelski talks about it on the uh, on the commentary that the studio fought it, be like, we can't have you killing this dog, and they kind of kill him in a brutal way. So that was a point of contention, but they did eventually realize that this was a good plot device and that we should use it. But it's a fucking yeah. movie. The dog didn't die yeah. in real life. Like, and I gotta say, man, I agree. I loved. I love my dog, but it's like we see humans slain in crazy ways. We have Hostile and Saw, and no one fucking blinks an eye, but one dog gets killed on screen, and all of a sudden we're very sensitive. I, I exactly. I've never understood. I'm sorry if that offends you guys. I love my dog. My dog is my my ride or die. But fuck. Just remember, it's a movie. It is a movie. The real dog. Also, it wasn't graphic. Like you just kind of heard the dog whimper. It wasn't like you like saw a dog get crushed or something. Like it's, yeah. and they paid the dog in like the fifty out. bags of old Roy. I mean, yeah. he is set for life. Crushing it. Like, there was clearly no animal harmed in the making of that movie. <laughs> So this is, so, you know, I try to get all my facts from the commentaries, but the the commentary was really good, but it was very technical, but this was the best factoid from the commentary. So I, I, I'm I not going to say I'm a big Marilyn Manson fan. I like some of his songs a lot, but um, the way that they ended up using Killing Strangers as a song is they wanted Marilyn Manson because he does some soundtrack stuff. Um, we actually, oh, Resident Evil, he did, his band and him did some of the oh, songs yeah. on that. He's done some soundtracks, you know, he's friends with Trent Reznor, who's done a ton of soundtracks. He did the social network. I just love that a member of Marilyn Manson's band is named John Five. And he's one of the best guitar players in history. Have you seen him? He's incredible. But anyway, for real. But, um... <laughs> So they used the Marilyn Manson song in the original comp. So I guess what they do is they use a placeholder song. Yeah, they, they like, do. And then, but so they went over to Marilyn Manson's house and they were talking like, hey, we've been using this comp. We like it. And he was like, actually, I got this other song. And so they're drinking absinthe with Marilyn Manson in his mansion. And I don't know if you've ever seen- Manson's it. mansion. Marilyn Manson's got, you can imagine it's Absence's a weird place. Manson, Marilyn Manson. Yeah. <laughs> I, I Marilyn heard, Manson, Manson's mansion. I mean, I've Coming seen Coming all over the, the motherfucking- tr Yeah, drinking the absinthe. So they're drinking absinthe. So anyway, he ended up playing for them. He said, I got this song, Killing Strangers, and this, I think it'd be perfect for your movie. And that's how they landed on it as the mm -hmm. theme song, Drinking Absinthe with Marilyn Manson himself. Pretty badass. Yeah. It's a pretty, like, yeah, it's like a really dark but rad rock and roll song. It is, and it's the song. I mean, it's the movie. Killing Strangers! That's what the yes. movie's about. We're killing strangers for it the is, most but, part. like, the hook is so we don't kill the ones that we love. Yeah, that is kind of weird. It's like, oh, God, if I don't kill anybody today, my family's in for it. Yeah, <laughs> it's, true. it's really dark. <laughs> kind of dark. It's like, boy, J Johnson at the office is in for it, <laughs> or yeah. else wifey, you know? Makes Gotta me, take it out on somebody. That's the whole point of that song. A can of beans for dinner one more time, and head on a stick. <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, that's uh, not ketchup in those beans, my friend. <laughs> that's not ketchup. Randos for taking. Brian Mills, in order for him to do this CIA badass stuff, he actually went out and worked with a special air service soldier named Mick Gold, who was, uh, you know, this hand-to-hand -hand combat specialist, so he got the real training just like Keanu did. And it shows, because the moves aren't super flashy in the movie. They're very, like, effective. It's a throat punch. Like, you notice he hits the throat all the time. Mm -hmm. Like, it's two moves, they're down. Two moves. It's not, like, super extensive, and it's very, like, his, Liam Neeson's biggest concern is, like, he wanted it to look like, like, how they really move in special ops. Mm -hmm. So he got real hands-on training, and I thought it showed. I actually thought that was one of the bright points of the movie. It was more realistic, I think. Um, this is hilarious. Liam Neeson thought this movie was gonna go straight to DVD when it was over, filming. Wow. He just had no confidence. I think it's probably because he didn't have the confidence in himself because he had never really done a lot of action. At least that yeah. I'm aware of. I'm not like super, but he says hadn't done a lot of action. He thought this movie was going to be a huge flop when it was over. That's 
interesting. I feel like it could have gone either way. It, yeah, it definitely could have. There was like a couple of things that, like, it, it, you know, it was like kind of right time, right place, and like the cultural. Because like, I feel like that's sort of when people started to be aware of human, human trafficking. trafficking. Yeah. Like that happens. People like steal people. Maybe it was just me because mm-hmm. I, I was 20 at the time when it came out, and that that concept hadn't really dawned on me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so maybe that was maybe that was just my age, or maybe that was just how it hit a lot of people at the time. But and there, mm-hmm. Liam was good. And there was a lot of memorable lines and just the like we've harped on many times, like it was just such a compelling reason to root for that character. So for whatever reason, it really struck a chord with society. It did because they made three really successful. I never saw the other two. I haven't either. Yeah. Yeah, What's the premise? She gets like taken again and he like, I don't understand. What if she starts taking people? Turns out she liked it so much. What if Lenore is actually the mastermind? That actually makes the most sense because that girl. Yeah, she was real against it. She was like, don't go with her. Don't she follow her let there. Her let lie. her get taken. And then she's like all happy when she comes back, but in the back of her mind, she's really like, well, now I can't run away with my weird husband from 24. I really, in the X-Men movie specifically, I really liked Famke Jansen. I don't know. She, like, she was in Goldeneye and she's done some stuff. She was in Rounders? Seen Rounders, Oh, we yes. covered her in Rounders. Yep. yep. This is her second, uh, is her, yeah, second appearance on MWP. Brought to you by AWS. But she was not good in this movie. Like when she, uh, specifically, I mean, she was okay at the top because I hated her. Like she made me hate her. So yeah. that was good. But then when, when she found out that her daughter had been taken, I didn't believe that that was her mom. Like that's not how a mom reacts when she finds out her daughter is in the hands of a sex trafficker. You're, a, a mom's life is all but over if she finds that out. And I just didn't believe it. it she didn't You're feel destroyed. There, there was no sense of urgency. There was no like, there was just the emotion was not there. And I get everybody processes mm-hmm. things differently, but I just didn't believe that. Because there's no good outcome. Like if you get her back, it's still not a good outcome because she's forever scarred from what happened to her. If you get her back alive, like if that happens to your kid, you're just expecting like, okay, even if we get her back, there is nothing well, good. Well, and she shouldn't even have been, been thinking about like it, it just mm-hmm. the overwhelm of fear and panic about, yeah. oh my gosh, I may never see my daughter again and the torment that she might be going through in this very moment. It's a good observation. Destroyed her. Question to you then, do you think this was writing? This is what we always do with this. Was it writing? Because she, I, I feel like she was written to play very vindictive. And I thought it would have been a great character arc if she had like really exploded on that moment and turned to her her ex-husband, who's the hmm. father of her daughter at that time, and really been like, you go get her, you find her and like let her, you know, just You know who would have killed that role? Jennifer Aniston. Actually, yeah. Interesting. She might have been too young at the time. No, she she would have been about the right yeah. age. Jennifer Aniston's been old I think for a she long was 70, time. 75 in that. I'm, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, but instead she played it very stuffy and and it was just, yeah. It's the bangs. Jennifer Aniston does emotion Anytime real well. someone's like got bangs, it just like tampers down all the emotions, you know? Yeah. yeah. So that was I'm trying important. to be cute, anyway, but I'm also pissed. I guess we'll get to supporting cast and all that stuff. It's hard to be sympathetic with bangs. <laughs> Last rando. Uh, this is crazy. I don't think anybody knew this. I didn't know this. Maybe a lot of diehard fans knew this. Liam Neeson was being courted for a different action hero before this movie, like while they were courting him for Taken. Little character named James Bond. No way. He was in consideration. He said, his quote was, I was heavily courted, but let's put it this way. I'm sure the other actors were too. It was about 18 or 19 years ago. And my wife to be Natasha Richardson said, if you play James Bond, we're not getting married. And I had to take that to, or I took that on board because I did want to marry her. Wow. So this, he was up for, when Daniel Craig was up. I guess that would have been because 2005 or no, oh, 08, 2008. That's rough. Because Royale came out. Natasha well. I could, Richardson I could kind of see that if they were going for like the kind of the Sean Connery throwback, like that aged kind of griffled, gr- mm-hmm. griffled, gristled, griffled. You know, hardened 
I think he would do a good job. Not better than Craig, but better than Pierce. Uh, he might have been better than... The movies are good, though. I mean, the, the movies are good. That's the yeah, thing. Yeah, the movies are good, but Daniel Craig I, it's, it doesn't hold any... Yeah, it's not that Daniel Craig is great. The movies themselves are great. You Casino be... Royale is incredible. Oh, that's going on my list. I love that we got lists now. Yeah! I feel so supported. That is our randos. Uh, shall we dance? Get the goddamn iPad. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Top Bill Cast! Top I think we go Liam versus Keanu. Kyle, what do you think? They're both asked to do less of the opposite thing. I think Liam carries less physical acting weight. Keanu carries so much wow. physical weight. Yeah, that's a great point. And I have a category for this later, but Keanu only says 511 words in this movie. Think about how much Liam says. I think he says 511 words in a phrase. He's like, <laughs> you know, you're obsessed with your I damn have a special dance. set of skills. Everything is just so long-winded, but so he he carried the dialogue weight. I think if you boil it down to both of those things, Keanu does them both better. I just think, yes, Keanu didn't do as much dialogue, but when he did, it mattered. And I, I really just think this is this is where you want Keanu. Yes. Right. He gets criticized that he's not necessarily super dynamic, but he's an incredible stunt man. He does his own stunts. The amount of choreography and dedication that he showed to master this, and the fact that he's 49 and a half, and I saw John Wick 4, he does it just as well at 59. This dude is relevant and now going on five decades. Love him. And I'm not trying to be biased, but Liam, Liam did good here, but I don't think it's, I don't think it's close when you look at just the, the expression of the dedication in terms of how much they prepared for their roles. Wow. Well said. D this is extremely difficult because I think that Liam did a fantastic job with this role and really surprised a lot of people. I didn't see this coming and I don't think a lot of people did. Like no one thought of Liam Neeson mm -hmm. as like a Bruce Willis type, you know, everyman action hero. And it, it, it's not quite action in the, in the traditional sense, but it does have, you know, pieces of that, remnants of that. Um, but I think he was really believable as a dad, you know, just really chasing after his daughter. Um, but Keanu, man, uh, it, I'm, I'm so torn. It's really difficult for the things that you just said, like his dedication to the craft and just, you can tell that like his being able to act that physically, like being that physically attuned to you know, what the role that he's playing is not an easy feat. Like you don't just walk in and just like press, you know, go and just start doing that. Like that takes a tremendous amount of work. So I guess, uh, I guess I'm going to go Keanu just cause I like Keanu better generally. Um, but that's certainly no disrespect to Liam Neeson in, this, in the Taken role. That was amazing as well. That's well said. Phil. Well, Phil, what do you think? I mean, it's pretty easy. You have to go Liam Neeson here, and here's why. <laughs> to me, it's not even debatable. First off, he has a very special set of skills, and he says it. Keanu, he doesn't say he has a very special set of skills. So how do you actually know? Two, Liam played Qui-Gon Jinn in Star Wars. <laughs> Keanu played a guy in The Matrix who got sucked into a computer. Point how many lightsabers does Liam. Keanu have? Yeah, Keanu has no lightsabers. Liam has at least one. Three, everybody that Liam brings up fails and turns against him and or falls into slavery. Keanu, yeah. none of his Padawans turned into slavery. So I mean, Patrick, obviously... Patrick Swayze tried to jump into the jumped in the ocean and killed himself, but I don't, he's not... Yeah, really, yeah, I mean, so obviously we need to go Liam here because he's not as good. So you picked Liam. No, I didn't. I picked Keanu. Okay, so you're going John Wick. I was being a sarcastic. Oh, okay. A sarcast holder. There we go. John Wick <laughs> off to a hot start. That wick is burning. John Wick, one to zero. Get that... <laughs> God damn it. 
someone else do the southern edge. <laughs> do you need water? Uh, I believe we call this going bronchial. Uh, I'm just going to name a few here because- Dude, that's uh, more gas! Truthfully, I don't know a lot of these characters in both of these movies, but uh, Taken, Maggie Grace. 25, not who's 17. Who's also in Lost. Famke Jansen, who was Jean Grey in X-Men. Leland Orser, John Grease, David Warshawski, Holly Valance, Xander Berkeley, who was in 24. And, a lot uh, of TV people. That's pretty much the only people that matter to me. If you were on NBC last year. John Wick, Michael Nykvist. Nykvist, ooh, yeah. Uh, forgive me for butchering. Michael Alfie Nyquist. Allen, Willem Dafoe, Dean Winters oh. from the famed, what is the, uh, what is Allstate? Allstate commercial, that's right. Oh, that's his name? He's also on 30 Rock, Dean Winters, I think. Adrian Palicki. Uh, yeah, John Leguizamo, Lance Reddick. Uh, we'll stop there. Well, I do want to add one more. This is, but only I care about this. But David Patrick Kelly, who played Sully in Commando, the guy that Arnold held upside down, and you could see the the wire. Oh yeah, yeah. And he also crazy enough. Oh, Bridget Moynihan. Sorry. Yep. And the reason that David Patrick Kelly got in this is because so he played the main villain in The Crow, and Chad Stahelski was doing stunt double for Brandon Lee for Bruce Lee's son. Interesting. And they became friends there, and so he put him. He's the guy that the he's the cleaner, the guy that comes and cleans up the oh, bodies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, he look. I didn't recognize him. I I like him, but he he looks so old now. And I I didn't it didn't wasn't until the commentary was like that's David Patrick Kelly. I'm like holy smokes. What do you think, Phil Skies? I mean, back to being serious here. Obviously, my last take on Taken was a, a joke. But are you um, taking that back now? Yeah, I'm I'm SNLing. I'm explaining the joke here. Yeah, obviously John Wick again. It just is kind of a no brainer with Lance Reddick, the dude from the Allstate commercial who plays Mr. Mayhem. It was that everything about John Wick from a character standpoint was far more memorable, even if you didn't know who those characters were. Um, also, who's the guy? There was a supporting cast guy in John Wick, the one who played the son of the Russian dude. He was in um, Game of Thrones. He was fantastic oh, he was really in Game of good. Thrones. Um, um, God, I'm sorry. I don't know He why. played the guy from the Iron Islands in Game of Thrones who gets adopted by the Stark family and then turns on them and all that shit. But he was great, I thought. Oh, Alfie Allen. Um, yeah, John Wick topped to bottom from a cast perspective was just a far stronger film. You know, I, I don't think it's a criticism, but if you could say one, the plot's a little thin in John Wick. Given that it's thin, we have so many big players. Willem Dafoe, Lance Riddick, so many great actors. Uh, you know, Michael Nyquist does a lot of foreign films. That's probably where most people know him from. I didn't know a lot about him going into this movie. They all deliver here. I, I just can't think of one performance that I don't love in John Wick. I love David Patrick Kelly making a random appearance. This is crazy. If you want to call the plot thin, these actors were all bought in because they all just did a great job. They just delivered. I, I even think calling the plot thin in that movie is a tad reductive because I've heard a few people say this and I have an issue with it. He does not go on that tear because somebody killed his dog. That is not why. No, the dog represents his relationship. They kind of killed his wife in a way. Well, it's, it represents it's his the dog is the straw that broke the camel's back. But there's a whole litany of, of shit that goes on before that. Like him originally being in that life, him leaving it because he finds a person worth leaving, that woman dying, her leaving him a gift. It was just like kind of like the Job situation where everything good in his life gets stripped away from him. It's a fucking country music song. The girl died. They stole his car. They killed his dog. And What, did what they, the fuck did you and expect? what did they always say to him? You can't leave this lifestyle. That's what yeah. they all keep saying to him and, and so they saying, proved him right. I've heard so many right. people say that it's like a movie about, oh, it's, it's literally just a movie about a guy who gets his dog killed then he goes on a rampage. It's like, dude, if that's what you think, you, were, you weren't paying attention. You weren't paying yeah. attention. There's a lot more to it than that. And it's, 
It's actually, to me, a movie that can get across a feeling and just kind of a concept while staying simple. That's a work of art. The art of everything is in the simplicity. And that movie is simple, yes. Is the plot empty? No, it actually isn't. There's a lot going on there. You just have to be looking for it. Well said. Very well said. Uh, to me, it's John Wick. Easy. To me, like, taken, there's no, nobody else mattered in that movie to me from an acting standpoint other than Liam. I don't mean any disrespect, but they were just, anybody could have been plugged in to yeah, play any of those sure. parts. I love Famke Jansen, like I said, but mm -hmm. I don't, I think this was one of the weaker things I've seen her in, and I don't think she was given a lot to work with, and I think anybody kind of could have played what she, what her role Agreed. was. Agreed. A lot of people could have done it better. And uh, John Wick, I, you know, like Lance Reddick was not out there reinventing any wheel, but he was just being himself, and himself in that role felt right, you know, and, and Leguizamo, kind of like the uh you took John Wick's car like him playing that whole role and like him you, punching him you believed him like that was a good you kind of liked him standing up for John Wick and you're like okay now that's kind of when the plot thickened and that car you know the in the garage scene or whatever one of the things I loved about John Wick was how they never quite explain the John Wick thing till later in the movie but they just keep dropping these breadcrumbs of like oh shit you should be afraid of this guy and they it, never quite yes. tell you why if it was an Arnold movie in the first 10 minutes he's a special force guy he did this and and Guantanamo Bay. He did this in Afghanistan. He has 12 medals doing this. Like, they're, like if it's an Arnold movie, you got the whole resume at the very, you know. Here's why was, you shouldn't have stolen It was almost car. like a slow trailer. It was almost like a trailer or a hype piece for John Wick, the mm -hmm. whole movie. Like, it was like th the first 30 mm -hmm. minutes were like just little pings to the audience of why John Wick is the shit and like informing you of his background and, you know. And then but finally, I'll just say one of my favorite, like, I haven't, I haven't dived as deep into his back catalog as I'd like to, but Willem Dafoe is, a, is an actor that I really, really like. Oh, yeah. In, in everything that vibe. I have seen him in, I've really loved his his stuff, and I thought he was really good in this movie. So, John Wick. It is two to zero. John is wicking the floor with Taken. That was... <laughs> <laughs> He's got that moisture wicking underpants. Taken's getting a butt wicking. <laughs> we talked about how John Wick captured the heart of action that we loved from Arnold and Sly back in the day, early Keanu, which means they each got to have a great line. So both these movies, the lines are more diatribes. Maybe you explain them as, as tangents, but what do you guys think? Best line, I'm thinking I'm back versus I've got a set of specific skills. Oh, I mean, I can go first here. I feel like that's a layup for Taken. The, the special set of skills thing was it that was a complicated moment in cinema because I'm not sure if pe that people knew what to do with that. It was both cheesy and amazing all at the same time. Like, mm. and very people, deliberate, which is taken itself. Yeah, yeah, people quote that ironically and seriously. Like, it's just it's it's kind of endemic in 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 pop culture. It, people quote it all the time. It's, it's like memes before memes. Yeah, man. It, it really, yeah, exactly. It really was like the special set of skills thing was it was just there is has there ever been a more on the nose line in a movie like he's just sitting there like imagine you're on the other end of that and you're like who the fuck is this guy <laughs> like with no context what he's there you telling you patty's a burger yeah, yeah like what kind I of fucking skills you have yeah exactly so uh, to me it's taken just because of how ubiquitous that line is it's just funny yeah drew what do you think yeah to me it's not close and there's actually a, there's a quote on the movie poster which is not even that quote like it, you know i will if you don't return my daughter I will find you and I will kill you or whatever that is. So the Taken is a very quotable movie and that, that's kind of what it's for known better for. better or worse. Specifically that quote is really, really famous. I don't know. What was the, what was the Wick quote? 
uh, the uh, I'm thinking I'm back. People have been asking me if mm. I'm back, and I'm, th I'm and I haven't I'm been back. really sure. It was a I, I wouldn't even. It, it was a nice mm -hmm. kind of like I don't know bow at the end. Like I'm thinking yeah. I'm back. It's yeah, I liked it. It was yeah. nice. It was a good 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 little chunk of screenwriting for you mm -hmm. for you kids out there trying to be screenwriters. But it's certainly not like an iconic quote. Yeah, it, it definitely is like not even even though it's the signature line for the movie, it's not even the best line in Wick. I think the best lines come from Vigo. You know the three he killed three guys with a pencil in a bar. To me, those are the best lines. But this is kind of the signature. Well, and you've got you've got I'm back, which was the Michael Jordan thing on the cover of Sports Illustrated. I'll be back. And then you got I'll be back, which is Schwarzenegger. So I'm thinking I'm back. It's fine. Commit. It's, are you back or not? You're a little bit yeah. of a cover band there when you're saying something about being back. I think it's also delivered. It's it's actually very organic. Like I I feel like the Wick delivery is true to the movie. But I remember like Liam Neeson's eyes when he's talking on that cell phone and like the, yeah it was the way he delivered it the way he delivered it I kind of bought that he's in a different atmosphere he like entered a zone he was able to separate himself from the fact that it was daughter and he went straight to like special ops guy and be like he, you could tell he was just postulating the number of ways that he could kill this person right he was like when he said something like when the, ne the next part is very important yeah you were like on the edge of your seat you're like oh shit cause like in your head you're like this is his dad he should be freaking the fuck out talking yeah. to his daughter who's about to get like but he's brutally serious. murdered Cool. Yeah. But yeah. like like to your point, that was a great like I, he entered another he reverted back to his career where he was like, Nope, I don't have time to be a dad right now. I have to like this is go time. I have to work. And he entered this like it's almost like Mamba mentality thing where yes. it's just like this I've gotta win the game now. Nothing else matters. This is just what I do. Um yeah. That yeah, was, it was a really Kim doesn't survive if he's not able to do that because he does it the first time he actually does it is bef the scene leading up to that phone call which is when he's telling her what to do when he's giving her instructions about where to go he right. doesn't even know the room and he's telling her where to hide and he's right. telling her to get a description he's just methodical and surgical and that transition was very strong it's one of the strong points of the movie so like you guys said it's it, this is taken by a wide a wide margin here is two to one is taken taken back the lead or is the candle burning, the wick burning uh, for John Wick here. This is plain and simple, and we do this with action. Who is more of a badass? We got two guys, very special skills as a film lover and an action lover, both very fun skill sets to watch on screen. Who is more of an action badass here? Interesting. I feel like this is a loaded question, kind of. I'll go. I mean, you could take it a couple of ways. I, for one, I would say Liam Neeson, just being a father of three and one daughter specifically, watching a father kind of just like move heaven and earth to rescue his daughter just speaks to me. I love that. Like it's mm -hmm. obviously it's a little cheesy and fantasical and whatever, but it's, it's still a fun idea to entertain. Like, cause you can't help but put yourself in like, man, if my daughter's life was hanging in the balance, how would I respond? Like, and you just can't help but admire a father that's willing to go to the, the ends of the earth for his daughter. So in that sense, boom, Liam Neeson, what a badass. But, but to me, the term badass is, speaks more to like coolness, stylishness, mm -hmm. like, and Kiana drips that. Like Liam is not cool. Nothing about him is cool. He's nerdy. He shows up to a birthday party with an awkward present. Nobody wants him around. Like, he's a former... He's I'm a, the girl's father. Yeah, it's just, it's kind of clunky. He's a dork. And that's that was sort of the lovable loser mentality that, you know, brought brought us into his story. But I guess the, for the sake of the way that you framed the question, who's more of a badass, I, I think I would go Keanu because he actually is just more of a badass. The way he goes about his business. Yeah. I don't know. That's tough. Because Liam does some cool stuff with beating the shit out of people. The electric too, chair, so. the homemade yeah. electric chair. That's tough. It's tough. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll stick with Keanu. That's 
that's the scene that sticks out to me of taken is the homemade electric chair. I'll leave this switch on until they shut it off because you know what? we didn't pay the bill or whatever it was. That was great dialogue, by the way. I, you know, in some countries, you know, you don't even know if the power will come on for four hours, but here they have a strong current. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, why are you talking so much? He was like, building up suspense. Three or four hours. What do you Man, think, Phil? Um, this is I, tough. I honestly think because he's such a dork, I would go Liam here. It, it, here's the thing. Like Drew said, it's kind of a toss up. It could go either way, depending on how you interpret the question. To me, like the unassuming guy, like coming out and just assassinating the fuck out of people. He forces his ex-wife's husband to get him a flight to Europe. Like he, the <laughs> is dude, there a bigger flex question about that? <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's he a just flex. figures shit out the whole time. And the best part is, is, as ridiculous as that movie is as a whole, all of his methods of getting from point A to point B and doing what he does, it's like I can can't I can see the path. Like it's ah, it's it's all tough. believable. I'm like with, yeah. And whereas John Wick, it's a little excessive. Like you could tell this guy pops a freaking he pops a circuit in his head and it's just over. He's like, you stole my car, you killed my dog, my wife is dead. Fuck you. And he's just going on a killing spree. Which it's like, dude, I can sympathize. Like you, you got nothing to lose. Why hold yourself back? But the Liam Neeson thing, he he had everything to lose. Right. And he still, I mean, he did everything every he broke every law imaginable he violated uh international sovereignty he like he literally broke every national and international law he assassinated people he he broke uh conventions concerning torture like he just went above and beyond to save his daughter and and left a body count behind him that was just out of control so to me i go liam just because you wouldn't expect it out of that character yeah i'm switching mine you talked me into it because of the t- the, t- the tipping point to me is the time situation because Keanu had already lost everything. So he was just out for revenge. There was yeah. no pressure. There was nothing hanging in the balance. It was just like, fuck everybody. Yeah. Fuck this. But Liam was like, the clock was he ticking, what, like 96 hours? I mean, or... it's, it's like game seven of the NBA finals. There's yeah. 10 seconds left. You're down by two. Like, And that was what he did. So yeah, He uh, steals yeah. cars. He hires a, an interpreter. He like, he just, he goes all out. And I, I will say, like uh, someone getting revenge on a lost loved one is one thing but like to me really seeking out and rescuing a daughter as a father you don't see that a lot first of all in our society fathers are not glorified for whatever they're reason not, they're yeah. just not pictured as all made to look like heroes Maybe because a lot of people have shitty dads, for which I'm very sorry, and that's tragic. But like fathers and me, you know men in general are just not really like it's it's not cool <laughs> to to whatever for yeah we won't get into that. But it it was kind of a unique, fresh take in my opinion. So yeah. I take mine back. I walk it back. I go Liam Neeson. I love so much of that, and I actually was surprised with myself, but I actually also went uh, Liam Neeson or you know Brian Mills for the most part because yes, Wick is a badass, but everyone kind of playing with the same skill set. You know what I yeah. mean? In the Wick universe, because Wick is an enclosed universe. They're all really great with weaponry. Yeah, it's like a league of assassins he's yeah. infiltrating. They're yeah. all obviously trained in jujitsu, wrestling, and all these various martial art forms. They're all kind of like playing with like glorified strength versions of these different, you yeah. know, skill sets. Liam Neeson, on the other hand, is able to go to a different country, learn a language, you know, he's leaning on people, he's using a network, um, and I, I think also, while I, I 
I also went kind of expanding your father thing one more step is I love when he takes that girl who had Kim's jacket and he he saves her. Yeah, obviously he wanted the information she had, but he didn't have to like take mm. her mm-hmm. and but he, you know, he gave her medicine and healed her. Like he he kind of like he was cool and separated, like he kind of separated his operational mind and his fatherly mind, but yeah. he somehow was able to still have like sympathy. So I, I do think to me that is badass as a father. I'm like, yeah, that's pretty cool. And I love the different tools he pulls out. I could see why he was in the running for Bond when he made the homemade electric chair and yeah. <laughs> his different torture methods. And did you, I, this is a small thing, but did you notice that he honked at the people in the trailer when he's driving out of the, when he takes the girl and he's driving out of that park or that industrial park or whatever where all the women were held and he, he honks at the, at the sex traffickers to get out of the way. I don't know if that's because he knew it would jack up the car more if he hit the people, but he's like honking at them and they get out of the way and then he drives through the trailer. Like, yeah. he's just always kind of one step ahead and he's always kind of playing chess and everyone else is playing checkers. Totally. And so, yes, that's so well said. Whereas John Wick's obviously the alpha badass. He's just brute forcing his way into fucking everything. Yeah, everyone's kind of playing chess and everyone's very eloquent. The way John Wick is designed, so I think badassery, just like pure skill set goes to Brian Mills here. Yeah. Two to two. That was really, we fleshed that out really well. Also, one other thought I'll just throw in really quick just because I don't know if it's going to fit into the rest of the podcast, but the the villains in these movies, the guy that Keanu's after is a real bitch. She's like, a brat. You just know, like, oh, this guy's going down. The Taken, it was like, it's like this big kind of mysterious web of, like, evil. Like, yeah, like holy man. shit, how, like, once you start pulling at this thread, how yeah. dark is this going to get? And that was kind of like yeah, a... Yeah, it got pretty dark. Yeah, possibly backed by government power. And, and then just, like, that end scene when they're walking out the people that are being bid on and, like, just the way they set that up and everybody's bidding it's like it's so it's such, so, such unfathomable evil it's it I'm laughing because like I it, I'm uncomfortable like it's it was just hard to watch like to really because you're imagining to to Phil's point that this stuff happens all mm-hmm. the time and it's just really yeah. really scary so it's just co- they're complete departures one is like haha this little scrawny bitch is gonna get a, get his or whatever and then the other one's mm-hmm. like whoa this is really kind of sad and dark worst parent Lenore or Vigo <laughs> I know it's I know the parent like you would think it would be Mills because he's the other parent but I was like we got two really bad parents Vigo's like beating the shit out of his own son I mean to me the worst parent is uh, Lenore easy mm. because let's like run this down real quick you used to be married to Liam Neeson he used to be in the secret service I guess and I'm assuming he was some kind of special forces he was like operative a CIA of, contractor of some sort never yeah. came home because he was always working that was yeah. what we got and so given that you were married to this guy even if he couldn't tell you everything that he did which was very likely, you were probably aware that he was a tool in fighting some of the darkest shit going on in the world. So hopefully that would just cause you to be a little more cautious when you're moving about the world. And when your husband, who has seen all of the shit that has ever existed, is coming to you and being like, I don't really feel comfortable with her going with this floozy of a woman over to France and being a part of this thing, kind of because I know what happens here, seen it before, this was my job. And the wife's like, everything is fine, it's basically Disney World. You know, so he just has to let her go. Like, that mom was was like willfully and aggressively ignorant, and I could not stand her character. I could just see the parallels of her in real life and other people, and uh, she just fucking sucked. So there you go. She sucked as a parent. Yeah, I, 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 d- hated I certainly her character. don't disagree with anything you're saying about her as a parent, but it, Vigo is really, really to raise a child in that setting is pretty, that's willfully just a bad parent 
parenting. That guy was destined for destruction anyway. I mean, he's raising a, he raised a little boy in, in an environment where he had no shot. I mean, let's be honest. Like, so, and then he was mad at him for making the decisions that he was making. For stealing uh, someone's car. And then he, yeah. like, he beat and the shit out dog. of him. Yeah, like, I, the, yeah, I'll go Vigo because they're both terrible, but Vigo's a little bit, a little bit more terrible. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's close here. You know, when I was thinking of this category, I didn't think of it till I was rewatching John Wick for the commentary, you know, and he, like you said, this is the environment he grew up in and he's like, he makes him drink the vodka and then the minute he drinks the vodka, he punches him in the stomach yeah. and makes him throw it up. And he's like, but but this is a crime family. I yeah. mean, this is what mafia is. You, it is. You, you, they grow up to take the mantle of the family. Lenore is like actively empowering her daughter to lie. About, right? Yeah, I mean, he's, she knew. She I just, knew. I just didn't want you to. I, oh, I did forget about. She yeah. knows that she's like, oh, we're going to be at museums 90% of the time. <laughs> yeah. I forgot about the lying part. That's and for then. Because sure. we knew if we told you, you wouldn't let her go. And it's like, dude, I hate that shit. And what? Your lying is never justified. Chase you two around Europe, at least go for a better band. Yeah. Pink Floyd reunited or something. Bon Jovi. Easy, easy, easy. Yeah. Let's not be disrespectful. You guys rock have heard legend royalty. 80% of U2's records, right? I do like U2, but are you really going to lie to your two, special ops husband? Catorce. Yeah, I'm just not going to put my kids at risk for U2. Maybe a better band. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, you know, if, if Lane Staley from Alice of Change rose from the dead and did a European tour, maybe. So, okay, Wick wins the point then. So it's three to two. So, you know, one of the criticisms that I, in my research, came about was the name John Wick. Some people didn't necessarily like that it was just called John Wick. You know, it was originally called Scorn. Then Keanu Reeves just kept calling it by the character's name, so they just changed it. You know, there are movies named after the the protagonist. It is f- kind of funny here. You could have called it the, the Boogeyman, like you said, or something like that. Baba Yaga. The Boogeyman sounds like a horror movie. That's though. true. Baba Yaga. I mean, I, I, John, I don't I have I like pro- John Wick. The movie's like about it. fucking John yeah, Wick. Yeah, I, I like the name. It's, yeah. It is also mysterious. You're like, there's a, a name that I don't know. What is this? You know, and you it go feels see it. like James Bond or Jason mm-hmm. Bourne. Yeah. John Wick. It feels like in that kind of thing. And John Wick's identities. better than all those guys. The research did give me an idea for a category. Does John Wick sound more like a movie about a candle salesman, or does Taken sound more like a Mariah Carey record? <laughs> Ooh. Or some kind of pop record. This could be a really bad category. I don't even know. It's not super strong, but I think Taken sounds more like a Mariah Carey album. Because Taken to me, when I hear Taken... Because nobody's going to make an album about a candle salesman. Because when I hear Taken, I think, like, you took my man. You, know, you took my relationship from me. <laughs> Now John's Wick. Now it just sounds like it's about a man, you know, on a, a, a on candle. a penis quest. John's you know? Wick sounds like a really local candle shop. Yeah, yeah. Come down to John's Wick. Ooh, <laughs> co- go down on John's Wick. <laughs> <laughs> we've got cinnamon. We've got autumn. We've got October bliss. I don't know the Taken thing. I I can see that. I think John Wick definitely sounds like a candle salesman. Now, would anyone make a movie about that? I don't know. But people have made movies about some pretty weird things. So yeah, <laughs> I could I could see I could. See see a plot where somebody is a candle salesman. I don't even know how that would hold up in 2023. Like who who's out there like door to door selling much of anything other than religion and scams? Um, are they the same? So John Wick candle salesman. I go John Wick candle salesman. I love it. So who won? 
Oh, wait, you haven't you, talked You got to go. I do think Taken sounds more like a Mariah Carey record, but just this weird idea of someone just selling candles, like a guy named John Wick, and his name is Wick, and his whole life is candles, just makes me laugh. Yeah. Like, he sits I, there at night, like, smelling different waxes, like, oh, this one will be great yeah, for my fall edition. This smells like leaves. It's wax, but it yeah. smells like autumn. Oh, so yeah, it's beautiful. I go John Wick, candle salesman. So who won? John Wick did. Four to two. That was the worst category I've ever come up with. One more category. It's four to two. It doesn't matter, but we have one category left. So interesting statistic about John Wick. There's only a total of 2,700, or sorry, 2,781 words spoken during the movie. 18.37% of those are come from John Wick. 511 words. That's all Keanu Reeves dialogue. He has like less than 20% of the words spoken as the protagonist. I think the longest sentence in the movie is, I'll get you some kibble tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I love that part. <laughs> I'll get you some kibble tomorrow. I'm going to need a ride. But um, yeah, absolutely. So, but that being said, then you have Liam Neeson's very direct, literal interpretation <laughs> Monologuing of all over the place. Oh, a very special set of skills. Blah, 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 oh, the power <laughs> grid here is so good and strong. Normally it sucks, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> he does. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, God, he never shuts the fuck. You yeah. can see why Famke left his ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are time, you talking again? Every, Shut the fuck up. Every, Jesus. Every time they argue while they this were married. This waffle maker has a sticking your problem. Damn desk. Yeah. So do we like John Wick's lack of dialogue or uh, what I wrote down is Mill's halting literal way of saying everything. Oh, man. I will go. I like John Wick's lack of talking. Yes. Because it leaves the audience with like like wondering maybe what he's thinking. And he's acting physically and with his eyes and his face. And it's like, it just it's more intriguing. When the dude's just rambling on, Liam just was talking all the time. Mm. Even when he was on the phone with his daughter giving directives, like I was in awe of that in a little bit like in a sense they're going like, to take you at the same time I'm like how are you not freaking out like how are you <laughs> even able to be talking normally right now you're just like talking all well, the time it's a special set of skills duh I mean it is it's special it's it's a set it's it's skillful. skills but I I prefer to just like uh, be a little bit more curious like leave leave yeah. a little mm -hmm. more to be interpreted to the audience that's yeah. good well said taken Phil. yeah taken left nothing to the imagination whereas john wick left a lot of things to interpretation the imagination mystery whatever i lo i i love you know if you've been listening to this podcast for any period of time you know i love a good slow long burn of a film john wick is not that however it is in a way because they don't really explain anything they leave a lot to the wind and john wick's lack of dialogue in that movie, I think, kind of plays into that. So yeah, his yeah, his lack of dialogue just adds to the mysterious air of that entire movie. And uh, so yeah, John Wick landslide, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Neither of these movies wasted any time. I mean, that, they were like they were both like under two hours, right? Yeah, yeah. that was yeah, that was. Now the new John Wick is taken is three was hours, real short. John Wick is three hours, and it's every minute of it feels wow. like a thrill ride. I feel like Taken was under ninety minutes. Like that was a short movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I finished. I rewatched it last night because it was it had been so long and it just went by. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's a quick it's a quick watch. I went John Wick here too because I actually like Liam Neeson's delivery and I like his interpretation of the character. I think it it's very distinctive. No one else really talks like Liam Neeson. In mm -hmm. fact, I don't know if you guys what is the movie Ted with the bear? Mark? Oh yeah. There have you seen the scene with Liam Neeson when he's doing this voice and he's buying Lucky Charms and he's he basically he's talking to Ted, the teddy bear who's the cash the cashier and he says, yeah. "Is it true that in fact that Lucky Charms are just for kids. 
<laughs> or that tricks, it's tricks. That tricks are for kids. And he's doing this very serious taken dialogue. He's like, you've done me a huge service here today because he lets him buy the tricks because he's not a kid and he tucks him into his jacket. Well, I mean, even in Star Wars, when he's talking to like little Anakin or whatever, mm -hmm. he's like, I am measuring your midi-chlorians. Midi-chlorians are something in your blood that give wavelength to the force. And you're like, this guy, like he's just, he just <laughs> loves to fucking talk. <laughs> Who invited the professor? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But there and are times. Y equals MX plus B. Like, we are okay. dealing with sex trafficking, one of the most evil, dark pieces of subject matter. But sometimes, sometimes the very deliberate, literal way of speaking works. And then sometimes it's hilarious. And it's it shouldn't be because it's very serious. And the quote I used at the beginning of the show during our quotes when I said, no, now's no time for dick measuring, Stuart. He's trying to convince a guy to help him find his daughter who's been sex trafficked. Yeah. But he says that, you're just like, <laughs> I just laughed. I was like, why did you say that? Like, and why it's did like you Liam. say it in such Well, you could see why he was like, yeah, this is going straight to DVD. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm going to cash the check, but it's going to go to DVD. I mean, this guy did Gangs in New York. I mean, he's a legendary actor. What's the quote? I'd be curious what, to know what Liam made on this. I think he made two or five on the first, ten on the second, twenty on the third. Wow. Yeah. Just doubling each time. This is the quote I keep making fun so, of. Dude, man, like and I texted this to you guys. This is from our text chain. This would have been much more easy if you would have been more concerned about my daughter and less concerned about your goddamn desk. It's just very like boom, boom, yeah, boom. Yeah, he, he like, is very, it's like he's reading from a script. It's very. You can, it, you can see in every take, he's probably turning the side and going, line. And as know? a viewer who's very passionate about like seizing sex trafficking as a thing, I'm like trying not to laugh at the subject matter, but like, God, the way he's delivering these lines is, it's funny. It is. <laughs> like, it is. And honestly, one mention of the desk is fine, but he mentioned the guy's new desk job like three yeah. times. And by the third time, I'm like, what the fuck about the desk? Would why you why don't you put some this? lips underneath your desk so it can blow you? <laughs> Now's no time for desk measuring. My desk is bigger than yours and I don't even have one. <laughs> I would never have a desk. How dare you? And so exactly for why Drew said the lack of dialogue plays into it. There's so much. Also, the set pieces are so beautiful and wick. New York is so vibrant in all the John is, Wick yeah. movies. The rain, the way the buildings are filmed. Each set piece, The I love the Red Circle Lounge where the bathhouse is. I love that scene because like the neon lights, it's not, because you know when they do the 80s neon vibes in some movies, it's a little much. It's kind of blinding. Here, it's very subtle. The music's good. Like there's so much visual stuff happening that I don't even think about. Like, wow, they're not really saying a lot in this movie because I'm just so entertained, but I'm thinking constantly about how the dialogue is making me laugh at a subject matter that is not funny. So, anyway, five to two, John Wick. What a fun matchup. Thank you, Johnny. Thank you, fans. Last week was a legendary week for the Movie Wars podcast. Next, we take on all the other movie podcasts. I'm kidding. We're not going to do that, but I've been Kyle. I have been and still am, Drew. Who will you be? I don't have any skills that's why I'm Phil. Now's no time for podcasting, Stuart. Also, Stuart, like, it's just weird saying, talking about dick measuring to a guy named Stuart. Stuart's a guy that wears, like, you know, overalls and he's, you know, he's buying crayons, you know.